My brother was a long-haul trucker. Kim through Minnesota. And he would call me, and he would park just down here at Rogers at that big truck stop. You all know what I'm talking about. And he'd call and say, Greg, I need you to come pick me up. Let's spend the night. Let me, let, me, let me take your spare room. Let's have some time, brother time. And so I would pick him up, and we'd have a great, great time together. One night, it was a Sunday night, and, and at the time, I was uh, running an Awana program. So I said, Doug, you got to come with me to Awana. He goes, okay, Greg, I'll do it. And we both grew up in Awana, so he knew all about it. And so I took him. Now, now my brother looks a lot like me. Now, he's my younger brother by two years. However, in his 40s, all his hair turned Elmer white. Now, if you are new here, we have this wonderful man in our church who has this wonderful white beard named Elmer. And so you'll spot him at the end of the service. You watch, he'll be out there. You'll see him. You'll see him. My brother's hair turned just like that. So mine didn't. So we, wa- we went to church. We walk in, and one of the teenagers who helped me out was watching. And I walked in, and Doug walked in, and I watched him, and he just kept looking back and forth. Just going back and forth. And finally, he goes, Pastor Greg, I think you two are related. And I said, you are so right. We are. How do you think he's related to me? And he looked at my brother. And remember, he is my younger brother. And he said, is he your father? (laughs) And I love that teenager. (laughs) I will remember that teenager for the rest of my life. And I said, no, no, that's my little brother. (laughs) And, And my brother's like, did you pay him to say that? I said, no, no, no. It's just some of us keep our looks, Doug, and... Some of us don't. And, you know, but brothers, don't, don't we like to, like, you know, just poke each other? And, now, I know sisters never do that, right? You never, never poke or prod or, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, it's just the way we are with our siblings, isn't it? If you'll turn with me to the book of Jude, we start out with some siblings, The book of Jude. You go, where's that, Pastor Greg? That's right next to the book of Revelation. It's the next to last book of the Bible. It is book 65 of the 66. How many of you have heard a message on the book of Jude? Wow. Seven of you. Good, we're on some new ground. The book of Jude. And notice how it starts out. The book of Jude starts out with this wonderful little statement, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James. Now, the brother of James. Now, he assumed everyone would know who James was. So who's Jude? 
Well, there's some debate back and forth, but most people, most of the scholars would say, ah, Pastor Greg, you turn to Matthew chapter 13, verse 55, or Mark chapter 6, this is the brother of Jesus. Notice what it says in, in uh, Matthew 13. It says this. It says, is this not the carpenter's son? Is this not Mary, his mother? Are not his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are they not uh, and are his sisters with us as well? And you say, oh, well, well, this is the book of Jude. You just said Judas. Those names were interchangeable. So he's the half-brother. If, if he's the brother of James, who's the half-brother of Jesus, he, that means Jude is the half-brother of Jesus. Why didn't he open with that? I mean, that's kind of a stronger tie, don't you think? I mean, Jude's pretty good. I mean, he was the leader of the early church, and he has his own book of the Bible. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a great start, but... Wouldn't you want to open with your strong card, you know? You open up with your ace. I am the brother of Jesus. That just kind of shut everybody else down, wouldn't it? But he doesn't do that. You ever wondered why? Jude doesn't either. Well, because their humble guy is right, Pastor. Well, yeah, but that's not quite it. That's not quite it. You see, in the beginning, they didn't believe Jesus. In the beginning, they rejected Jesus. They rejected his claims. They thought he was crazy. They even come to take him and take him to the loony farm. I don't know what the loony farm would have looked like back then, but that's what, you know, they, they had a place to take people that they thought were a little off. And they thought Jesus was off. And finally, they kind of washed their hands. They said, well, fine, if you want to be a real prophet, you need to go down to Jerusalem, knowing that he would be probably stoned. And so, you know, Fine, we'll be done with you, bro. And then they see the death. And then they see the resurrection. And it says that they were so radically changed that when we get to Acts chapter 2 and we have the Holy Spirit coming down, they're in the upper room. And we see later on in 1 Corinthians that they are part of the early church and they are part of the leadership. And they are the ones who are saying, let's take the message of Jesus out. But they no longer view Jesus as their brother. They view Jesus as their master, as their Lord, as their King, as their Savior. Because they've been changed. And they said our blood doesn't matter. Who He is matters. And Jesus is our Lord. And that's what he says. Jude, a servant, a bond servant. A bond servant is a per servant who says, I choose to serve. Did 
you catch that? I choose to serve. I'm not forced to serve. I don't, I don't have to. But I want to. And so Jude starts out, he says, yes, I'm with James. You need to listen. I do have some authority, but I'm not going to play the Jesus card because guess what? I'm not Jesus' brother, I'm Jesus' servant. He is coming from a spirit of humility. Notice what he says. He says this beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was uh, by Danny Kaye. Hans Christian Andersen. Any of you ever watched that? You know, I, I love musicals, right? So uh, he has this part in the song, uh, in, in the movie, he sings a song about the ugly duckling. Any of you remember that? You know, the ugly duckling, this little duckling goes to all these people and says, hey, can I have a home? And they're like, get out. Get out of town. Leave. And he sings this wonderful song about this little duck that keeps running around. Can I have a home with you? Can I have a home with you? Will will you accept me? Will, Will you make me yours? He says, get out. And then as the duckling's there one day, these beautiful swans come swimming over. And he's afraid. He thinks they're going to chase him off too. And they said, no, 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 no. We're coming to give you a home. You're part of us. And for you and I, as we live in a world that loves to say, get out, leave, you're not part of us. You're not good looking enough. You're not smart enough. You don't make enough. You're not this. You're not that. And has this wonderful list of do's and don'ts and how you can't fit in. James, little brother Jude, says, by the way, I need to tell you something. I need to tell you about this Jesus. I need to tell you about his father. And I want, I want to tell you a couple things. Number one, because of him, to those who are called. To those who are called. This is an important word. In the Greek, this this word to those who are called, it's at the end of the sentence. We have it at the beginning, but the reason why it's the beginning is because it it is so important. The Greek structure makes it so important that it says this is the the word of the sentence. And it points to this being called as an act of God. You have been called. You have been chosen. The Bible calls the people who are chosen 
uh, the people of God are people who have been chosen by God. The people who hear the call of God and respond to His gospel as the elect, they are the saints. They are the set-apart ones. You have been called to the fellowship with the Son. You have been called to inherit a blessing. You have been called to freedom. You have been called to peace. You have been called to holiness. You have been called to walk a worthy walk. You have been called to one hope. You have been called to eternal glory. And all this and more because you have been called and in his mercy you have responded he calls you and he promises not to abandon you first thessalonians 5 puts it this way faithful is he who calls you and he will bring it to pass you have been chosen you are chosen by god think about this in 1985 i had was first full-time pastor as a youth pastor and i walk in to two girls fighting. Now these two girls were wanting to be the alpha girls in the youth group. And so they, it took us like two years to work through all their fights. I mean, I mean, they, they, I mean it, was, it was serious. One of the girls was adopted. And the girl who wasn't was just making fun of the adopted girl. See, you were adopted. There's something wrong with you. Da, 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 da. And she was just laying into And I thought, okay, I've got to wade into this. How am I going to do this? I didn't have to. The other girl looked at her. The adopted girl looked at the other girl. And she says, listen. You see, you were born to your mama. That means she was stuck with you. And not only was she stuck with you, she had no choice. She had to love you. My mama picked me. My mama chose me. And because she chose me, I know my mama loves me. You were just born. I was chosen. And then she did this. And walked away. I was like, wow. But that's what this passage is saying. You're chosen. Believer, hear me. You're chosen. And in fact, you know what's even more beautiful about it? The picture here is we have fingers in our ears. We're yelling, nah, 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 nah. We've got our eyes closed and we're running away from God as fast as we can, as hard as we can. We don't want to run towards Him. And He chases us. He tackles us. He pulls the hands out of the ears. He opens our eyes and He says, I have chosen you. Whoa. Really? Yes. Why? Look at the next part of the verse. Because you are loved. And notice this is loved by the Father. This word is in the perfect participle. And, and, and you say, Pastor Greg, when you just said that, I am so underwhelmed by that. But hear what it means. It means that God loves us at a point in the past and it never stops. The results don't 
waver. They don't stop. He keeps loving and loving and loving and loving, and his love never changes. How secure that is. How secure. Oh, friends, we live in a world that is hungering for this love. In Minnesota right now, there's 160 kids waiting for adoption. They're called Minnesota's Waiting Kids. Most of them have a reason why they have not been adopted. Either there's an emotional reason or they're uh, multiple kids. But you know what the number one reason is? They're too old. You see, the older a kid gets, the less likely they are to be adopted. Did you know on the waiting list there are kids that are 18, 19, 20, who are wanting to be adopted? You know why? They want someone to love them. They want someone to smile when they walk through the door. They want a place to go for Thanksgiving and Christmas and someone to remember their birthday and someone to get mad at them because they love them. It's who we are as people, isn't it? We want to be loved. And we have a father who says, I love you, 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 and I'm not going to stop. And notice the next part of the verse. And we're only going to get through this. So we're, we're running out of time this morning. So my four-week series may go longer. But that's okay. You love me anyway. And kept for Jesus Christ. In addition to being called and loved, we are kept Literally, it means to stand guard over or to watch. It is a commitment to guard. It is a commitment to cherish as a priceless treasure. And we are a priceless treasure being kept for Jesus. The Father keeps us for Jesus. I remember, remind you of a couple weeks ago, I talked with us as the bride of Christ. We are kept by the Holy Spirit as a priceless treasure for our groom. Nothing can separate us from Him. Or his love. Romans 8 makes it clear there's no power of this world or out of this world strong enough to remove us from him. But this word can also be translated by. We are kept by Jesus Christ. We are reminded that we have been given to him by his Father and that no one can take us from his hand. Paul shouted, the Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and deliver me safely to his kingdom. Hebrews tells us that Jesus keeps us safe through his continual prayers for us. The evil one takes us to court to accuse us and have us pronounced guilty so he can drag us to his own destruction. But Jesus says, no, it's taken care of. Now be gone. We're set free. Oh, but Pastor Greg, you don't understand. 
I've done some pretty bad things. I still think the evil one can get me. You know, we kind of have the wrong picture in our minds. And, and, and some of you have seen the, the movie The Lord of the Rings, and this is kind of the picture you have. You might remember Gandalf, and he's standing there, and there's this Balrog thing coming, and it looks like a, a demonic thing coming, and he says, Thou shall not pass! And he slams down his stick, and he has his, has his big sword, and the, the thing, cra- the bridge crashes, and the Balrog falls down. And it looks like he's won. But the Balrog whips up its whip, and it gets a hold of Gandalf's leg, and he pulls Gandalf into the pit with him. And sometimes we think that Satan can just, as, it's, as he's falling to his destruction, will whip up, and he'll wrap up, and he'll pull us down with him. But friends, the moment he tries, Jesus steps in and says, uh-uh, and cuts his connection. You ain't taking what's mine, Satan. I paid the price. You aren't getting them. They're safe. They're my treasure, and I keep my treasure. And that's where we have to end this morning. We won't have the little video clip, but what we will do is as Braxton gets ready to come and close our time, I do want to challenge you to be in prayer for Lenice. You all know, our, many of you know our sister Lenice. Lenice's son, Wednesday night, passed away. And so she's busy planning the funeral, trying to deal with that. If you would keep Lenice in your prayers, uh, we're still trying to figure out what happened. So I've shared with you everything I know, but keep Lenice in your prayers.